Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. The Marlins and Twins made a big old trade. Let's break it down on Fantasy Baseball Today in 5. Welcome into FBT in 5. Today is Tuesday, January 24th. I am Frank Sample, joined by Scott White. And let's break it down, Scotty. We had the Marlins acquire American League batting champ Luis Arise from the Twins in exchange for Pablo Lopez and a pair of prospects, shortstop Jose Salas and an outfielder Byron Churio. Let's start with Pablo Lopez, Scott, who's been really serviceable since the start of 2020. He's been much better in his career in Marlins Park. Now moving over to Minnesota, what do you think this does for his fantasy value? I don't think it changes it that much. He's always pitched much better at, uh, at, at, at in Miami than on the road. Uh, with the exception of last year, last year it was precisely reversed, but you know, just look at it, the career numbers better in Miami. You know, Minnesota is a really good place to pitch too. So not a bad place for him to go if he's leaving Miami. And of course you expect it to be a better supporting cast in Minnesota as well, which should help with the win potential in theory, the twins kind of underachieved last year. So, you know, there's a lot of theoretical things going on there um, and and not wanting to make too many assumptions. I'm kind of inclined to keep Pablo Lopez's value the same, which is to say around 50th among starting pitchers, really middle of the road. There was more excitement for him in previous years, I think. Uh, the, the, the presumption was, oh, if he could just stay healthy, look what he could do. Well, he managed to stay healthy for 180 innings last year, and it was a very uneven season. Uh, averaged less than a strikeout per inning. ERA over, uh, well, it was 3.75, actually, uh, which is not so great in today's pitching environment. And, uh, yeah, I just think he's decidedly middle tier, and he still has those health concerns. So I'm not terribly excited to draft Pablo Lopez, though, of course, he's good enough to draft in all leagues. I have a feeling you're probably not overly excited to draft the other side of this trade either. Luis Arise hit 316 last year with eight home runs and 88 runs scored. He has first and second base eligibility for fantasy baseball purposes. Their early ADP right around 207, Scott. You're moving him up or down the rankings. Are you interested in Luis Arise? What do you think? Yeah, so if, if, if I'm more or less holding even on Lopez, uh, the same can't be said for Arise. He's, he's basically of no interest to me anymore. Not that he was of much in the first place. And when I say he's of no interest to me anymore, like I'm still ranking him at a point where he would be drafted. Uh, 
But, you know, when you're thinking about his best case scenario in a Twins lineup with Byron Buxton, Carlos Correa, some up-and-comers, you know, you could see him getting enough help from that supporting cast to be more or less a must-start player in every format. Not especially high-end because he doesn't provide much home run, many home runs or stolen bases, but he's going to be a batting average standout, and if he can get the RBI and run totals high enough at a weak position like second base, that could add up to a pretty good player. But I don't think that possibility exists in the Marlins lineup. There just isn't enough firepower there, not even enough potential firepower there. And because Arias isn't providing his own power or his own speed, he really depends on that supporting cast to, to put him over the top. So still a batting average specialist, but I think that's what he's limited to being with the Marlins, which makes him no more than a late round pick. Who is going to close for the Kansas City Royals? Let's talk about it. Aroldis Chapman signed a one-year, $3.75 million deal with Kansas City. This is a tough one, Scott, because Chapman was not good last year. Career-worst career numbers, basically, across the board. He went AWOL with the New York Yankees. So we don't really know what to expect from a production perspective. And then the Royals now have a new manager in Matt Quattrero, where he came over from Tampa Bay, a team that typically has used a bullpen by committee, multiple relievers at a time. What are you thinking here? How does this kind of work out, uh, the back end of the Royals' bullpen? I don't have a clue, which <laughs> is unfortunately true for a, a, a lot of teams. Uh, and, you know, the consensus seems to be that Chapman, who, you know, they're paying him less than $4 million. They're certainly not paying him like a closer. And the consensus seems to be that he'll be the setup man for for Scott Barlow, who did a very good job in the role last year. I mean, even among some Royals beat writers, that seems to be the early indication. But I think they're selling the possibility of of Chapman interfering or even outright overtaking Barlow. I think they're, they're selling that possibility short. Uh, I am... Much less confident drafting Barlow. I, I still think if you're drafting right now, and you know you probably shouldn't be drafting right now, but if you are, you're better off taking Barlow than Chapman just straight up. But um, not as confident taking Barlow now and would have some interest in deeper rotisserie leagues, maybe taking a flyer on Chapman to see if he can at least at least secure a, a timeshare there at the back of the, the Royals bullpen because, you know, particularly the fact that Barlow's righty and Chapman is lefty, new manager coming in, like you said. Uh, all managers seem to like to go by committee late if, if, if they don't have the personnel to, to stick with one guy. Uh, I, I think it all adds up to a very murky situation. All right. For more extensive fantasy baseball coverage, listen to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the Odyssey app, or anywhere else podcasts are found. Thanks for listening to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, and we'll be back again tomorrow. Bye-bye. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.